Hi everyone. We are continuing with our series on the Sermon on the Mount and this is our last session because we're going into the summer and this week we are talking about prayer. Now I don't want you to be under any illusions. I am no Pete Gregg when it comes to prayer but I hope that as a work in progress we're able to look at Jesus' teaching and learn together a bit more about prayer. And I was thinking if Charles can talk about being perfect then maybe I can talk about prayer and have something to offer. So our reading is from Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 to 15 and it falls neatly into three sections. So we're going to look at this under three sections. The first one is hashtag motives, the second one is hashtag good food and the next one is hashtag freedom. So Matthew 6 5 to 15. And when you pray Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because they're many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So if we start with hashtag motives, I was looking at this and I was thinking about these instructions by Jesus to not be praying on the street corners or in the synagogues and all those places where we can be seen. And I don't think this is a teaching about not praying in public places. When we think about um, worshipping God and we think about the Old Testament, we see David who is praising God and he gets told off by his wife. But actually he rebukes her because he says, I will become even more undignified than this. And actually it's an issue of the heart. We see his heart is to worship God and he is unhindered in his worship. But Jesus is talking to an audience here and he is speaking to a situation where people were not unhindered in their worship. They were hindered by worrying about what other people were thinking. Their motives were all over the place. People would come regularly at certain times of day to pray in the synagogues or the temple. And if they weren't in those places to pray, they would stop in the street, wherever they were, they would lift their hands and they would pray. And that was fine and that was acceptable but over time that then became a stumbling block for people because certain people who Jesus labels as hypocrites would then make sure they were in a really crowded place so they would be seen praying or they were on those street corners or they were in those places and Jesus is just calling out a heart issue that he has identified where actually prayer is a time of intimacy it's a time of connecting with God it's a time of growing in our connection not a time to be pointing to ourselves or anything about ourselves. In the message version, it says that as we focus on God, we will, with simplicity and with honesty, 
then we will find our focus shifting from ourselves to God. And that ultimately is what prayer should be, a time of us shifting from ourselves to shifting our focus onto God. And that is what Jesus was calling out. And then we can be in tune with him and encounter him in a more full way. So once we've squared our motives, then we can think about hashtag good food. Now, we know that good food, when it's eaten at an appropriate pace, not too fast, and when it is good food, it can be savoured and it is nourishing for us. And in the same way, prayer is nourishing for our souls. It's good for us if we do take time out to pray just like Jesus did. And verses 9 to 13 lead us through familiar words in the Lord's Prayer. Now, you may feel that you know this. We say it all together. It is an amazing prayer of unity and of truth that we speak out in our church and we say together. But I wonder how much we savour the words that we say, how much we stop and think what we're actually saying or how much they just roll off the tongue naturally because we know them so well and we're so familiar with them. If we take time to look at the words of the Lord's Prayer, we can see that Jesus is teaching us something that we can use to pray corporately, as we do in church, but also we can use it to pray individually. In Luke, Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer as well, and on that occasion it's in response to his disciples asking him to teach them how to pray. And at first it may seem like quite a prescriptive answer that he gives as he gives these words to use. But actually, if we study it in more detail, we can see what Jesus is doing and how he's framing it. He's showing us who God is, the intimacy that we are invited to in calling him our Father. It acknowledges and praises God's holiness. We hear Jesus' heart for the world and our need to ask God for his provision in our lives. It speaks of the forgiveness that we've received and our need to forgive others. And if we struggle to pray, or we're in a season of struggling to pray, you might want to use this privately. You may want to use it as a a kind of springboard, break it down and use it in your own prayer life. You can unpack what it says and add in how you're feeling and what you're experiencing and use it as a response to God and in connecting with God with your own words. Now, you may be familiar with doing that, but I thought actually we could do that as a sort of practical exercise right now. What I'd love you to do is to uh, seek to connect with God through his word right now. So I wonder which part of the prayer is it, you need to inhabit today. There's so much in there. It's so rich with, with what it says of, of our relationship with God, but also what it says about God and how we seek him. So the prayer is going to come up on the screen and what I'd like you to do is just take a moment to look at the words, to really mull them over, to really think about this prayer. And it will probably be that one part of it, maybe a phrase, maybe a word, will just bring out to you and really speak to you today. I'd love you to just talk to God in your heart about that word or that phrase Maybe tell him why it strikes you or maybe ask him why it's jumped out at you today. And then when we've done that, you may want to keep mulling that over through, as you go through your day or share it with someone else, maybe in your little church and pray with them about it too. But the prayer will come up 
and what a lovely suit. I will just lead you through the lines and leave a pause and then I will also read out just an extra phrase to help unpack what that part of the prayer may mean in case you're not sure. But take this time just to connect with God and, and see what he's saying to you through this beautiful prayer. Our Father in heaven. Thank you, Father, for your love for us and that you call us your children. Hallowed be your name. Your name is holy and we worship you. Help us to handle your name with great care. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have your way in our lives. Help us to follow you. Make your will be done in our families, our workplaces, our schools, in your church and in your world. Give us today our daily bread. Please give us what we need today. Help us to share what we have with others. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. We're sorry for the wrong things that we've done, and turn away from those things. We forgive those who have done wrong things to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Keep us on the safe path and help us to listen carefully to your voice. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. You alone are God and we worship you. Amen. So do just go through that. You might want to write something down that has struck you. You may want to just go through that again later on today. But just see what God is saying to you through that prayer today. So the final point is hashtag freedom. Now, this point is really about forgiveness. I wonder how many of you paused on the part about forgiveness. Sometimes it's hard to forgive. It can feel like a cop-out or it can feel like an impossible concept. I don't know about you, but I don't really want to be forgiven as I forgive others because I know that that is not enough. And actually, when I read it, I thought that doesn't sit right with my understanding of a God who loves us unconditionally and shows us grace and makes the first move. On the contrary, these verses are a pointer to a cycle of forgiveness. Jesus has come to rescue us and he offers us forgiveness for our sins he offers us restored relationship with God God forgives us when we accept that Jesus has come to save us and has taken our place in death so when we encounter God we know that we're forgiven that enables us to know forgiveness and then when we know forgiveness in our life we can extend that forgiveness to others like an overflow 
And then when we forgive, then that brings us even closer to God. And then we can be forgiven once again. And so the cycle continues and continues. Forgiveness is the key to freedom. If we hold on to our stuff, it actually damages us. Whether it's our hearts, whether it's physical health, our relationships, unforgiveness can be really toxic and leads to bitterness and leads to brokenness. That is not what God has for any of us. He loves us. He is good. And we can trust in him. He longs to take us to those places and and help us with our wounds and take those away from us, the lies that we've been believing, and replace them with his perfect plans of wholeness and restoration for each of us, to take that and make it something beautiful And sometimes we want to keep things hidden and we want to keep things buried. But actually, the good news is that we don't do it alone. When we take our stuff and we give it to God, he walks with us. He walks through the pain and he guides our steps. I've got a poem to share with you about forgiveness and about freedom from thoughts to make your heart sing. And it just helps understand why forgiveness is so important. So the verse for this is from Ephesians 4, 32, and it says, Forgive each other just as God forgave you in Christ. And this is what it says about it. God tells us to forgive others. But you say, how can I forgive when what they did was wrong? How can we forgive? Well, we can't, not by ourselves. The only way is if Jesus' love fills up our hearts. And when we think of Jesus dying for us, loving us, forgiving us, when we didn't deserve it, How can we not forgive others? Jesus will help you to do what you cannot do. The strange thing is, we may think if we forgive someone, we're letting them off. We're letting them go free. But do you know, it's exactly the other way around. When you forgive, you do let someone go free. You set a prisoner free. But the prisoner is you. So as we respond, I wonder if you want to just start by thinking about what you're holding on to. There may be unforgiveness. It may be um, something else, some other hurt. But what I'd love you to do is just imagine that with your fists clenched like this, holding on to the hurt and the pain or, or that unforgiveness that actually you can't receive anything else in your hands because your fists are actually clenched. And actually, in order to receive, we need to open our hands. And in opening our hands, we can give that stuff to God and put it at the cross. And then he will put something else in our hands, which will replace it, and we can receive from him. So let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your freedom and your forgiveness. Pray that as we just think about these things in our hands, that you would help us to start the process of opening up our hands so that we can give this stuff to you and we can receive your grace and your joy and your freedom in exchange. Pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit to know 
that cycle of forgiveness in our lives, that we would be able to forgive because we know we're forgiven by you. Amen.